Welcome to the Wanderer's Tarot, a deep dive companion podcast for the Wanderer's Tarot deck. I am Seamus, they them. I'm an artist, tarot reader, and storyteller. I am deep in the process of creating a new tarot deck, which I've been calling the Wanderer's Tarot. It's still very much in progress. There are rough drafts for every card, and I've begun begun painting some of the finals. This podcast will be a space to play around with the ideas as I bring them into the deck. I want this to be a decomposition process where we can shed old hierarchies and sprout into a deck that is playful and accessible. So there will be a lot of new names and imagery. You can see the progress of the cards on my social media at Wonders Tarot on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Um, this is the very first, first episode. I'm really excited, but also kind of terrified. This is very much a learning process for me, and I'm just jumping in and figuring everything out as I go, so I hope you don't mind a little mess. In this episode, I'm going to dive right in to talk about the title card, The Wanderer. And then we'll move into like a little intro about myself and kind of what I'm bringing into this project. So, here we go. Why the Wanderer's Tarot? The Wanderer is card zero. They are the fool from another perspective. And to start at the beginning beginning, what does it mean to wonder? To be curious, to feel awe and inspiration to poke at the mysteries of the universe. For me, the wanderer is a figure who questions everything with joy and playfulness. Nothing is for granted. Every little piece of the incredibly intricate tapestry of the universe and our experience is worthy of attention and wonder. If a deck is a solar system of ideas, then this is the sun at the center of that solar system. A lot of the emotion and images and metaphor of the deck revolve around this sentiment as its gravitational center. If the wonderer is the fool from another perspective, whose perspective are these? From whose perspective is the fool a wanderer? And from whose perspective is the wanderer foolish? I think that in general, the fool is a misguided outside perspective on the energy and lessons of this card. Um, This is not a new sentiment. Um, Many other people have... Uh, played with this idea of the fool being kind of an outside perspective of this leap of faith energy in the card. Um, the, the perspective that this is coming from is the kind of person who is uninterested in the kind of expansion offered by the tarot, usually because they are invested in the dominant order and hierarchies. This kind of person sees 
the one who is willing to make the leap of faith into the underworld journey as foolish or even heretical. Um, In order to maintain the stability of their own material world, they demonize or diminish the people who make that journey as a fool. But from inside the spiritual or personal journeys we take with the tarot, the leap of faith is not foolish. The leap of faith is trust and commitment into the expansive possibilities of the world. So why would we allow such a pivotal card to be characterized by those who are opposed to those leaps? Right? Who are opposed to the kind of soul work that we want to do when we're working with the tarot. Um, Even the title of the fool... The word itself, especially outside of the context of the tarot, becomes wrapped up with all these judgments. Someone who is a fool is careless or unintelligent. Someone who makes reckless decisions and is deserving of mockery in some way. This ties up the fool with the kind of casual ableism pervasive in our society where people with mental or physical difference are often hurt and cast out. So why do we continue to accept this language into our practice? Even when interpretations of the card focus more on the innocence or childlike energy, putting more emphasis on the fool as a pre-enlightenment figure who takes a journey through the cards... Even in this more generous interpretation, there's this lingering threat that they are dangerously unaware of the perils that await them. Um, This interpretation is rooted in the imagery of the Smith Rider Waite deck, um, which just... For minor background, um, the Smith Rider Waite deck is... um, has been a major influence on most decks since it was made in the early 19th century. Um, For a little more background, the In Search of Tarot podcast has a really really great little series of episodes called Shuffling Through History, where they've done a nice uh, overview of tarot history. So if you want some more background on that, check out In Search of Tarot. Um, But in in the imagery of the Smith-Waite deck... Um, the fool walks towards a cliff while looking up into the sky. Uh, That's like the major movement of the card. This invites in the sense of danger or warning that, for me personally, uh, invites us into this mindset that, like, limits the possibilities of the world. Um... It's fear-based. And when readers assert that this card can invite us into embracing a leap of faith into a personal or spiritual journey, the imagery of the card almost kind of almost starts to like work against that statement because of that kind of lingering um sense of danger or foolishness. Um, Although 
in the spirit of always staying curious, I wonder if there is a purpose for this peripheral danger in the Fool card. He is not falling, so the danger is not inevitable, but perhaps might be a more gentle reminder that there are perils within the kind of journey that the tarot draws us into and might be more of a reminder to like remain aware of our surroundings so we don't like stumble into things unawares either way the full leap does not have to be an accident or a choice made out of ignorance or even in a slightly nicer light naivete the full leap can be a practical a mm, the full leap can be a radical choice to move towards curiosity and the expansive possibilities of the world and I am interested in placing us inside that perspective. Cracking open the shell of the fool, or maybe taking off a mask, to reveal the wanderer is a crucial part of making that shift. This renaming is a statement and a cornerstone of this whole project. It shifts the perspective and the values of the deck to center with respect and legitimacy those who are committed to the expansive potential of joy, curiosity, optimism. And again, this is a stance not taken out of naiveness, but in defiance of the oppressive forces in the world. This distinction makes me think of Wayman from Everything Everywhere All at Once. It's a really great movie. I highly recommend it. Um, the next minute or so might be very mildly spoilery, but really more of like a teaser. Um, but Wayman faces the frustrations and modernity and chaos of life with this unwavering playfulness and kindness. And in a pivotal scene, he says, in Mandarin, this is a loose transcription of the subtitle, but he says, when I choose to see the good side of things, I am not being naive. This is strategic and necessary. It's how I've learned to survive through everything. I know you see yourself as a fighter. Well, I do too. This is how I fight. And in an overlapping scene, he says, The only thing I do know is that we have to be kind, especially when we don't know what's going on. Please be kind. And ultimately, it is his whimsy and empathy that is able to neutralize the threat and save the day. Um, when I saw this movie, I sobbed at this part. It was, oof. Because I, it really hit home for me because I have had 
this conversation with people, this exact conversation with my family, with people I love, I can be so, it can be so frustrating to <sighs> the world doesn't have to be like this the world as it is is not inevitable I am more certain of this than I am of almost anything else I feel this with I feel this with so much certainty we made the world we made ourselves and this this is a we that kind of like stretches back through time this is like the most expansive inclusive use of the word we the world as it is was not inevitable but constructed by an incomprehensible number of decisions made by every person every being who has ever lived we collectively made it this way and we could have just as easily made it different and we can choose to harness that now and we can choose we can turn our bit of the world towards kindness and if, if enough of us do that, then we can shift the currents of events and evolution and history. If you imagine humanity as a murmuration of birds making all these sweeping shapes in the sky, within the murmuration of birds, every bird is just paying attention to the seven birds around it. And by reacting to that community of seven birds, they move as a whole in these beautiful and intricate patterns. Right? And so if we think about the way that we affect the world, not as a drop in the ocean, but a bird in a flock, in a murmuration, like... We are a part of it, and we contribute to its change. Where it changes, how it changes, where it goes. And I know that that's gets a little woo-woo, optimistic, and like incomprehensibly big, but I feel at this scale, this scale of idea this is the scale of ideas at which i function most naturally i thrive in the big picture this is the scale at which i have empathy and there are insights that i want to share um and this trust and hopefulness of a fool are so often taken to be dangerously naive. But to face a world where suffering exists with that kind of optimism, that kind of conviction that things could be better, that takes 
courage and strength to do the different thing. To insist on hope. And of course a cliff is dangerous. And of course prancing around near a cliff is a good way to get hurt. But the question of this first card, not first even, before one, zero. This is card zero. The question of this card is asking is massive, subtle, and reality shifting. The wanderer asks us, is the ground really there? And this, again, is not an idea that has originated with me. Um, this one, I believe, I got from Lindsay Mack. Um, she's a great tarot teacher. I highly recommend checking out her courses or her podcast, Tarot for the Wild Soul. Um, I've learned a lot from her, and I'm really grateful for it. Um, she's She's the one who brought this question to my attention first. Is the ground really there? Right? Is the cliff? Or are we already flying? The kind of stability that people who see the fool as a fool cling to. That there are things that can be depended on in this world not to change. That ground is an illusion and at any time any number of disasters can pull it out from under you inside the wanderer we can see that there are no certainties and we can learn how to get comfortable in the unknown to play with it to befriend it this is the energy that i am bringing into the wanderer's card as i create it and as I get to know it through multiple drafts and sketches painted out on note cards, the wonder is a figure who dances through the sky, reaching up to embrace the sun. There is a landscape of the earth far below their feet, very small. Um, they dance in the air itself. And in my most recent draft, their feet kind of blur into the sky. And even as, well, as I create this episode, my idea for the wonder has evolved. Um, I think instead of reaching up for a sun that's like shining in like a blue or yellowish sky... Um, right, a sun as like we can see it in the daytime. I think the wanderer will be reaching past the blue sky and into the cosmos towards a sun that hangs in space among other stars. I'm still flip-flopping a little bit on whether the card... The, the figure of the wanderer will be 
adult or a child, but I'm leaning towards them being sky blue at the moment for their color. Um, you can see some of the drafts so far on my Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter at Wonders Tarot. Um, I really hope that this card can hold someone's hand and say, you know what? The ground underneath you is not as solid as you thought, as you were led to believe. But, you know what? It's okay. Because we are actually already flying. We've been floating this whole time. It's like the shift in perspective you get when you're lying on the ground looking up at the stars. You start out feeling secure on the earth and that space is suspended somewhere untouchable far above you. If you zoom out a little bit, you can see that the Earth's gravity is all that holds us here on this little rock suspended over a vast ocean of space. And not only is our planet spinning, but it's spinning around the sun, trailing behind it as the sun hurtles through space at hundreds of thousands of miles an hour. At any given moment, we are in an entirely new location in the universe. And there can be some vertigo that comes up in making these shifts and perspectives and the kinds of feelings that can come up even in much like smaller movements in perspective. Um, the wonder can offer us support through those shifts by showing us that if we orient towards change in the unknown with curiosity rather than fear or resistance, that eases our way through experiences that can otherwise feel very disruptive. And they might, they might feel disruptive anyway. You aren't doing something wrong if contraction or resistance comes up within you. That is also part of the process that is part of the spiral. And in true spiralic nature, we're going to circle back around to the question of from whose perspective is the fool a fool? We've already kind of touched on this, um, right? The fool is foolish to those who are not interested in or ready for the kind of trust required for a fool leap. Someone for whom the possibilities of their world are limited by the ground they stand on. Where are those limitations coming from? Experience? Stories? If so, whose stories? The fool is a part of a cultural tendency to shame those who are optimistic or curious and 
it in a way degrades the self that is on the first steps of the tarot journey for not already knowing what the path ahead has to teach them and isn't that fucking ridiculous how could the fool possibly know they haven't received the lessons yet and once they do receive those lessons won't there be more to learn Bringing this edge of shame into the beginning of the tarot story echoes this much larger cultural tendency that we have to shame acknowledging ignorance. Unacknowledged ignorance is fine, because that's a major tool of the oppressive systems. But in acknowledging that we don't know everything threatens existing power structures because they are very invested in maintaining the illusion that they are an objective and inevitable truth. And so we are ashamed or threatened or exhausted out of questioning and into surrendering our agency. And if we don't step into our agency, if we, don't, if we can't hold on to it, then we will fall into their cycles, into self-fulfilling prophecies engineered by people who want to keep all the power and agency for themselves. That is who... Shames the wanderer into being the fool. Because the wanderer has the potential to crack those cycles wide open. The wanderer is calling us into curiosity. Inviting us to playfully expand our awareness of the world. And I hope that my wonder can help. My wanderer can help to open another perspective on what it means to not know something. I hope that it can say, hey, we don't know these yet, but isn't it so exciting that we get to find out? The wonderer leads with curiosity and does not allow the fear of unknown to narrow potential or possibility. Yes, the unknown is scary, and it is absolutely okay to have fear. Fears are there to help us survive, some of them. Um, But there are many kinds of fear. Some are helpful, some are hurtful, and I am absolutely not here to judge yours. I've got plenty of my own that I've barely scratched the surface of yeah it's it's a process it's a spiral we're all learning and I don't know what I'm doing and I'm making it all up and that's okay that might be the most okay thing might be the best thing about what I'm doing. It keeps all the possibilities open. But important 
piece, a crucial piece, is that after we open up into wonder, we land in doing. Without action, there is nothing. And this kind of brings us into a bridge from the wonderer into the shaper. The shaper will cors corresponds to the magician. And over this bridge, we move immediately from the radical opening and trust of the wonder into the doing, into the agency of the shaper. And this has struck me as quite a dramatic shift in the past. The magician seems to bring us jarringly fast into some sort of mastery of the elements. But I'm beginning to kind of shift that understanding into something that's much more about practice than mastery. After the wonder's leap, we land in doing. That is what can propel us fo forward into and through the many lessons of the tarot. And that is, that is the shape of this whole project, isn't it? Learning through doing. I think since we've kind of wandered out of the wonder and into the shaper, I'll wrap up that part there for today. And segue into a little bit of background of my experiences with the tarot, kind of where I've learned from. So, my first interactions with the tarot were in college. A couple of friends had decks and would give casual readings and we would often just read out from definitions online. Um, during this time, I decided to get a deck of my own and I spent a lot of time searching around online for just the right one. I could feel this pull towards a very specific deck. Something natural with animals and yet surreal. Something colorful yet rooted with a welcoming messiness, visible brushstrokes or sketchiness, figures that made me feel welcome in the world. Something sensual but not for show in like a pinup kind of way, but in that it feels it senses. At the time, this impulse was strong but vague, and I could not have described it as specifically as I just did. It was more of a compass pointing over the horizon towards something I couldn't see yet. Um, eventually, I found the wooden tarot. I knew it wasn't exactly what I was looking for, but it got pretty close. It recreates the tarot with natural and surreal imagery, using an alternative suit for the miners, 
in it, the cups become blooms, the swords become plumes, wands become stones, and pentacles become bones. It did not come with a guidebook, so as a complete novice, I turned to the internet for interpretations, which can be shaky at times, but especially inadequate for a deck that takes tarot symbolism into its own hands. I spent many years playing off and on with the cards. Um, from the beginning, interpreting readings for myself required um, flexibility and creativity. Um, it took effort because I was having to build those bridges of meaning between a queen of bones and a queen of pentacles. Um, so for a long time, I kind of only dabbled occasionally. Um, later on, I started to pick it up again a little bit, and this is where I started listening to some podcasts about tarot, um, especially in uh, Tarot for the Wild Soul by Lindsay Mack. As I mentioned, she's been a major... She's the person who I've learned the most about tarot from and I expect much of um, what I'm doing in this project will be very much rooted in soul tarot which is her kind of name for like the the kind of teaching that she does um, highly recommend tarot for the wild soul um, I also like In Search of Tarot quite a lot. I mentioned them as well. And I picked up a couple books in order to get, like, a little bit more of a traditional base. Um, 78 Degrees of Wisdom by Rachel Pollock and Queering the Tarot by Cassandra Snow. Um, so that that's the kind of baseline of, like... The lineage of like where I've learned the things that I will be saying about tarot. Um, around this time where I started to get into it a little more heavily, I decided to get a new deck. Um, I ended up going with the Many Queens deck. Um, I think in the process of looking for this deck was when it started to occur to me that I might have to make the specific deck that I was long longing for. Um, in reaching for the Many Queens deck, I was, I was looking for the bits that I felt that were missing in the Wooden Tarot. Um, people and queerness and a certain messiness. Um, I was drawn into the Mini Queens deck because of the delight it takes in the imperfection of bodies and its unapologetic queerness. Um, I did realize after I got it that while it does show a range of features and hair types, it does not include any dark-skinned folks, um, which is a disappointing injustice, but sadly very common among tarot decks and something that I'm paying attention paying a lot of attention to as I create my own is 
these ideas of inclusion. Um, once I had the two decks, I started to see how different my interactions with them were, and I kind of got a sense of, like, the different personalities or, like, different, different roles that different decks could fill, um, right? They bring, they bring different things to the table, um, according to their, uh, style and, and, um, the ideas behind them. Uh, the wooden tarot connects me most directly to spirit guides in the natural world where the many queens often acts like a mirror and bounces what I'm experiencing back to myself. The Smith deck I picked up um, after I decided to start making the deck as a reference so I could um, dissect the more traditional images and kind of dig around in there, start to understand them so that I could then, then decompose them. Um, and then as I began the process of creating the Wonders Tarot deck, um, the Smith White deck kind of began to weave its way in with my own. Um, lately I've noticed that the deeper I go into this process of creating the Wonders Tarot, um, that whenever I'm feeling off-put or unsure about a card, um, pulling out the corresponding card from my Wonders Tarot drafts yields a much more supportive insight. Um, and I've started to notice how the Wonders Tarot has kind of grown into the cracks of the other decks and kind of shifted my relationship with all of them. Um, this is a really validating and exciting experience to have as a creator who struggles so much with uh, feelings of who am I to do this? Who am I to take up this space? Um, all that imposter syndrome bullshit. But I... I really believe in this deck and I believe that it can bring more kindness and empathy and wonder into the world, even even if it's just a little bit. I hope it's more than a little bit, but even if it's just a little bit, that's something and something counts. Anywho. Uh, <laughs> thanks for coming through this little intro with me. I'm really excited to start this project, and I hope you stick around. Uh, for now, episodes will be up every Saturday. Um, next week, I think I will lay foundations for some of the broader ideas, like why work with the tarot to begin with if there's so much that I want to change and shed. Um, I'm also interested in opening up these episodes to conversation with other people. Um, so if you feel called to chat, you can reach out. Um, I have an email address at 
wanderersterot at gmail.com. And you can also find um, me on, you can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at wanderersterot. Um, and I guess that's that. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, I hope to speak to you again. Oh, you're still here. Do you want a side quest? Go find a little mushroom and say hello. Say hi for me while you're at it. Love those little guys. Bye-bye.